All right, we're back. It's the Detroiter Wednesday, August 18th. Hope everyone's having a nice day. Your premier outlet for sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. Woo! Presented by the Second String. Let's get after it today. We got a couple juicy topics. I'm excited to be here. Once again, like it's just a pattern. I can't stop it. We're starting to fucking inch up on football. We're starting to get there. We're getting the videos out of Lions training camp. We had game one of the preseason, obviously. We're starting to get more and more videos out of Mel Tucker and East Lansing. We're getting videos of Jim Harbaugh fucking pushing sleds. I don't know. I haven't really seen much Michigan. I guess I don't really follow anything Michigan. haven't seen much Michigan actual football videos, but MSU's pumping them out. The Lions, we're getting stuff. We're getting quotes, articles, people saying this, people saying that basketball um summer league coming to a i think it just ended yesterday the pistons played the magic k didn't play killian didn't play sadiq didn't play um and someone else didn't play that's the other who's the other guy killian sadiq Cade. i don't know who i'm missing i'm missing somebody didn't play summer league's pretty much over now basketball is going to be kind of hiatus season but we do have that fucking bum from houston jalen green running his mouth i want to talk about that a bit tigers Tigers. So I'm recording this Tuesday. I'm going to the game tonight. Miguel Carrera is going to hit his 500th home run, and I'm going to get my paws on it. I am. I can't wait. I think it's going to be a monumental moment, probably something that both Miguel and I will remember for the rest of our lives. It'll be the first, most likely only time I partake in a legendary sports milestone moment, and I can't wait. It's a beautiful day out today. Um, the Tigers, they got shit pumped last time out, but they're playing against Shohei. I get to see him play live. Casey Mize on the bump for the Tigs. Miguel going for 500. I was at the box office buying tickets yesterday, and the – I don't know what you call them, the teller, I guess. She kept saying that the dude next to us was trying to buy tickets, and the teller kept telling him, oh, oh, section sold out. Oh, that one sold out too. Oh, it's – it. the crowd, it sounds like the ballpark is going to be juiced to the maximum tonight. First time, I, I honestly can't. I think I mentioned it yesterday. The last time I've been at a Detroit sporting event where the crowd's like buzzing, where they're, you look around and you're like, oh shit, this is something like this is a big game, was I think the 2014 NHL playoffs, the Red Wings. I went to, uh, they played Tampa. Game Tyler Johnson. I think Detroit was up 2 0, and I think Tyler Johnson had a Hattie in the third. Fucking depressing. But that's the last time I've been to a Detroit related sporting event. Where it's like, oh, oh, we got some, like, we got a pulse in the crowd. People are excited to be here. There's, you can't just buy a nosebleed ticket and then sit wherever you want. There's enough people where that's not allowed. That's going to be a weird feeling. I'm excited to be in a big crowd. Um, I'm excited to be in a crowd where there's a palpable buzz in the air. Obviously, like playoff game, big game, there's the buzz because everyone's nervous. They want to win. I'm excited to feel that buzz when Miguel comes up to the plate. Um, I've never been in the ballpark for like a 3,000th hit or anything like that. I've never been to a game where someone's chasing that. Not even just baseball. Like I've never been to a football game, hockey game, nothing, where someone's going after some milestone achievement. So that's going to be fucking awesome. I cannot wait for that. I obviously at this time haven't been to the game. If I go to the game and Miguel hits it, I'm going to come back on here probably for like a little 5, 10-minute spot at the end after the game tonight. 
I'll probably, you know, maybe be a little tipsy. The voice will probably be a little hoarse, sure, but I'm gonna have to at least like get it off my chest. I'm gonna be fucking zooted off the energy of the stadium, so I'm gonna have to. Um, as far as Red Wings, ah, disappointing, disappointing fucking news out of the NHL today. Nothing really Red Wings specific, but it was announced for the 2022-23 season. So not this season, but the following. They are going to fucking install advertisements on the jerseys. Very, 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 very sad news. Very sad news. And they're not going to be like the SHL where the whole jersey's an ad. They're just going to, it's going to be an NBA type thing where it's a little patch in the top left corner. Um, It'll probably be UWM for the Red Wings. It just fucking sucks, man. It sucks that, it sucks that every sport is just doing it and going to do it. But it sucks that hockey has bit the bullet. Like, come on, hockey. I know COVID probably, you know, it hurt the funds, but you just inked a new TV deal with ESPN. It's going to bounce back. ESPN's going to make you a boatload of cash. Like you need, you need to put ads on the jerseys. You just added the ads to your helmets. There were more ads on the ice, I think, this year than there have been in years past. Like we got to taint the jerseys. That's like the holy grail. Hockey sweaters are the holy grail of sports attire. And we're going to have to throw like fucking United Wholesale Mortgage. I mean, nothing wrong with UWM, but we're going to have to throw fucking corporation logos next to the winged wheel. Ah, ah, come on. The fucking Toronto Maple Leaf is going to have like a Scotiabank S next to it. Ah, it's such a travesty, dude. It is such a fucking travesty. Like the NBA, I know they do it. But the NBA, it kind of works. I mean, the NBA, you don't have iconic logos. Sure, you have iconic jerseys like the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks. But it's not like their iconic logo. And then, oh, some patch for some company nobody gives a fuck about. The the NBA jerseys, it kind of works. Hockey, ah, like just let it be the patch. They're so sacred. My friends and I have had this debate a thousand times. It feels like two which sport has the best logos just top to bottom. And I think it is hockey. The The quality of every single hockey logo, like the bad ones, it's like, oh, that's still pretty cool logo. The ones that would be ranked in the 20s, they might not even necessarily be bad. But if you ranked them in the 20s, it's like, oh, that's a pretty fucking, that's a clean logo. It's a cool design. It's a creative idea outside of the box. It's clean. The colors are nice. Like that's a great logo. Hockey, like there, that's, I feel like, it's almost a fl- or a trademark of hockey is the logos, the complexity of the logos, the creativity of the logos. Like you look at football, there's some cool football logos too, no doubt. But the football logos, they're all, if you ask me, like fairly generic. Green Bay, iconic logo, but it's just a G. Cowboys, iconic logo, it's a fucking star, right? The Lions, it's a lot like just a silhouette of a lot. That's it. Like they're, they're fine. They're cool. There's some great logos, but it's like, they're not fucking breaking any barriers with these logos. It's never a Hartford whalers. Like, Holy shit. Somebody like they created a whale's tail and it says HW. That's fucking what you're not getting that in football In football. It's the chiefs. Okay. It's an arrowhead with a KC, 
Like, you're not, it's not fucking Einstein making these football logos. I don't mind if you taint those a little bit. You throw an ad on a football jersey or whatever. I mean, you're not disrespecting the Mona Lisa by throwing an ad on a Cowboys jersey. You look at the winged wheel, that's the best logo in sports. If you ask me, yeah, I'm fucking biased. But I think if you ask unbiased people, that's at least a top five logo in sport. The winged wheel, they have the intricacy of that wheel. They could have just made a boring wheel. The wheel's got like a thousand spokes in it, and they attach a detailed wing to it. Like that, the logo of the Red Wings is a piece of art. The Blackhawks, art. Even the Maple Leafs, art. Montreal, art. So many hockey logos are just beautiful. They're so well done. They're so just clean, creative, outside of the box. Like the Detroit Red Wings. And it's a wheel, the Motor City, with a wing on it. It's genius. It's genius. That Blackhawks logo is just like the coolest painting ever or drawing whatever. It's unbelievable to look at. Like the art or the the logos on hockey jerseys, those are – that's art. That's not just the logo. That's not just the fucking branding thing that we need to signify the team. It's art. And now we're going to throw corporation logos next to them. Like, come on. Very disappointing. I know it's been in the, in the, in talks or in the works for a while now. They've been speculating, Ooh, is hockey going to go to, to Jersey ads? Ah, it was disappointing. I think I read that headline this morning, actually, that not this year, but the following, they're going to add them. It sucks. It sucks, man. I just, I like, it's, it sucks that it's, these these teams are making a shitload of cash already, but they just need that much more money that they're going to throw ads on the jerseys. Like, you already have the fucking advertisement on the helmet all around the boards, on the ice, every power play. Like, you need to throw an ad on the jersey? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. It's just so disappointing. Like, I don't want to buy a jersey now. I don't want a new school fucking advertisement jersey. All right, I'll buy one from the 90s where they didn't even think about doing that stuff. It is what it is. It is what it is. Me talking about it and complaining about it on here isn't going to change anything unless Gary Bettman, you, you give it a listen and you realize, yeah, it is art. Yeah, it should be preserved. Yeah, we don't need that extra cash. Yeah, ESPN's going to make us a shitload of money. Probably not going to happen, but whatever. It is what it is. It's the only hockey news out there really coming into this week. I I feel like most hockey fans, again, like I said, it's not groundbreaking news. It's not changing the game. It's not very specific to the Red Wings. But I think it's a piece of news that hockey fans do care about. I think it's a piece of news that is relevant. Because like I said, it's been in talks for a while now. They did the helmets last year. And I do think that hockey logos, hockey sweaters, maybe, I don't know if this is just a false illusion on my part, but... I do think hockey sweaters are more like cherished kind of like they're more sacred. It's it. You don't want to touch them. You don't want to blemish them like a basketball Jersey, a football Jersey, even a baseball Jersey, well, whatever. But this hockey sweater or like they feel more sacred. So sucks, but you know what is what it is. I guess is what it is. Hopefully they make more money. Hopefully those bastard owners use it to pay the players more. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's like the best case that that the next McDavid gets more money. Like these guys can start making, I mean, bench guys, the 11th guy in an NBA roster is making like five mil a year. 
Let's like the the a five million year contract in the NHL. It's like, oh, that guy's pretty fucking good. So hopefully we can equate that with the money. Um, as far as as far as the Tigers go, I kind of already talked to about what I wanted to. I mean, I'm gonna be there. He's gonna get hit 500. I'm gonna catch it. It's gonna be the greatest day ever, and I can't wait. I cannot wait to feel the buzz of the ballpark. I honestly don't know what I'm more excited for. Obviously, I'm excited to watch the game. I think baseball, hockey is my favorite live sport, but I think baseball is real close. Like I love as far as as far as how much better it is live than on television. Like baseball, I could go to 162. I could go to every single Tigers game every year and be happy as a clam watching them play live. On TV, it's like, oof, that's it's a bit of a commitment. Doesn't quite hold the attention like being there. I can't wait to be downtown. I'm excited for the game. I don't know if I'm more excited for the prospect of Miguel hitting 500 and what that would be like if he does, or if I'm just more excited. Let's say he doesn't hit 500. I know he's not going to hit 500. I don't know if I'm more excited for the possibility of him doing it or if I knew he wouldn't do it and just the buzz that'll be in the ballpark because Comerica is going to be jammed every single night until he puts 500 over the wall. Promise you that. That's a fact. Every night until Miguel does it, there's going to be 30,000 plus in that ballpark. I, I'm craving a good crowd. The only time, if I think about it, this probably goes for almost everybody listening unless you've been to the off game where it's like opening night at LCA or the random Tigers game that a lot of people go to. Most people listening. The only time you've been in a huge crowd, a buzzing crowd, an electric crowd, what make live sports great, the only time you've experienced that in the last five, six years has been at Michigan or Michigan State, either Eastland, at the Breslin, Spartan Stadium, Chrysler Center, or the Big House. That's it. That's it. You haven't been, I guess, Ford Field maybe early in the season, but even then, by ga- by week like six or seven, you know, kind of dies when you're two and four, and it's like, oh, wow, Green Bay is five and one. So we're another year we're not making the playoffs, I suppose. Like it's – I've been to late game Ford Field at Ford Field, and it's like, eh. Like it's fun. It's fun being at the Lions game. It's fun being at Ford Field. But I've been at season openers, and I've been at like week 13 when it's over. And it is – like the week 13 games, you can tell everyone's kind of like, all right, well, Sunday – tickets were cheap because the team sucks don't have much else to do yeah i'll go hang out at ford field like you can tell that's the vibe in those late season games the season openers you get the oh shit like everybody's kind of nervous the assholes are a little clenched everyone's kind of looking around like hey is this the year like i know we say it every year and it never is the fucking year but is this the year we make the playoffs is this the year the lions do something that isn't lions Hey, hey, everyone's kind of looking around. Those season openers, you feel it. But after that, it goes downhill in a hurry. It goes downhill. It becomes, hey, I'm going to go. There's only eight of these a year. Go hang out at the Lions game. If they win, great. If not, fucking who cares? It doesn't matter. You can feel the tension in those openers. And after the season gets going and it's apparent what they are, you feel that the tension isn't there. I don't think, I don't think I've been in a crowd like I'll experience tonight other than at the Breslin Center, other than Michigan, Michigan State, either at Spartan Stadium or at the Big House. I don't think I, I've been in a crowd like that 
that it wasn't a collegiate event. So I am in the last five years that is. So I'm very excited to feel that, especially at a Tigers game, especially at a Tigers game. I mean, my God, my God, LCA's had a few nights. Like obviously the Pistons made the playoffs twice, even though they never had a chance in either series, you know, there were people there, the palace, the first time LCA, the other, like there were people there, people were excited that it was a playoff game, right? LCA opening night from the for the Red Wings. That place has been buzzing a couple times, just random, right? Ford Field, the openers, early season, like Green Bay comes to town week three. That place is buzzing a bit. Comerica. Comerica. This past week is the most exciting it's looked fucking in ages. I know there's stats like, oh, in 2019, there were 30,000 at a game. Turns out it's because Quicken Loans bought 10,000 tickets for for its employees. Okay, that makes sense. It hasn't been buzzing by the will of the people of Detroit since 2015, though, maybe 2016. I'm very excited. I think it's going to be awesome. I I really fucking hope Miggy hits it out. I really hope. He hits it out. I was going to go Sunday, couldn't, and I was sitting there all Sunday, not rooting against the Tigers. I mean, they got one hit, so it worked out for me. (laughs) But I'm sitting there the whole time like, I really hope Miggy doesn't hit it because if he doesn't, I'm going Tuesday. I was like kind of praying Miggy didn't hit it Sunday because I knew I'd be going Tuesday if he didn't. So I'm very happy he didn't. I hope he does it today. If he doesn't, fuck it. I may have to be there tomorrow too. We'll see. We'll see. As far as as far as some college stuff, because we'll do the I'll do the Lions and the Pistons. Not even the Pistons. It's going to be Jalen Green, that fucking loser. Um, I'll do that after the break. As far as MSU, kind of more of the same. Like I said, just more videos, training videos. I'm juiced. I say the same thing every time. There's at some point, right? Like I'm kind of I'm juiced. I don't know how I could make that any more clear. I cannot wait for college football to start. Every time I see a college football hype video, even if it isn't MSU, I saw one the other day. It was Virginia Tech. <laughs> Virginia Tech coming out of the tunnel for a night game, blasting Enter Sandman, and the crowd was bumping. I I wanted to lay, I wanted to strap them up. I wanted to be a hokey for the day. And I don't care at all about Virginia Tech. I wanted to be a hokey today. I wanted to put on that orange and maroon or whatever their colors are. I can't wait. Every day that goes by, every video that comes out, every quote I read, every time I hear somebody talk with the program, I get more and more and more and more and more excited. I get further and further and further into the pocket of Mel Tucker. I know, I know, people. I know state's not supposed to be great. I know that they weren't last year. I know that even though, you know, we've brought in some transfers, they got a couple nice recruits. I know that even though they've added some pieces, it still isn't supposed to be enough. I know that Peyton Thorne's returning and Russo's transferred in from Temple and the quarterback play should get better, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. I know that. I know the offense was bad last year. I know Jay Johnson was a little questionable last year. I know that. I know the O-line wasn't great, and other than, I think, Jared Horst, one of the tackles, it's going to be the same group coming back this year. I know. Can't help it. I can't fucking help it, dude. I listen to Mel Tucker talk. These players, alumni, are talking about the program. There are guys talking about the program saying there's a new energy there that they haven't felt in years. 
There's guys saying all they say, oh, man, Mel's building something special in East Lansing. The players look juiced up to be there. The players, not only do they look excited to be there, these guys, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's just a testament to Mel Tucker's coaching and the offseason program. It's almost like these guys are putting in more effort. Some of these pictures of these dudes after the weight training they've done this summer look like the incredible fucking Hulk. They don't even look like the same guy, some of these dudes. It feels like they're bought in more. Obviously, you know, if you're playing Division One football to some level, like I don't care who the fuck you are or where you go, you got to be bought in because it's such a commitment. But it's like these guys are just more bought in now. They they want it that much more to be good. I think the transfers they've brought in will be, like, noticeable. I think the team will be noticeably better solely due to the transfers. Even if we don't – you can't play a single incoming freshman, I think the team will be noticeably better due to like the 13 transfers they brought in. I mean, the whole linebacking core is going to be new guys. The secondary, for the most part, will be all new guys. The D-line will feature a couple new guys, all transfers. The defense in general is going to be like over half brand new faces, over half guys that were coming from Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida. How can you not get excited about that? How can you not get excited about that? The offensive line, yeah, I know. They weren't great last year. They're all returning, though. They should get better. Quarterbacks coming back should be better. Running backs, all we did is bring a couple of them back and add a few guys. Should be better. Wide receivers all coming back, added a guy or two. Should be better. Everywhere you look, they should be better. Mel Tucker's had more than fucking, what was it last year? Four months to install his offense, to install his defense, to get to know the team. He's been able to actually coach through an offseason this year. Hopefully that means the offense knows the playbook better. Hopefully that means they feel more comfortable running more stuff, more exotic stuff. Now hopefully guys know the defense better. I just don't understand how anybody could look at this team and the direction it's going and not feel good. Um, I'm psyched. I don't, I know it's like, oh, MSU's like, eh, they'll be at the bottom of the East. But when I think about it between you and me, it's like, uh, bottom of the East. I don't like, why can't they just beat fucking anybody that isn't Ohio state? I don't really see why not to be honest with you. Like, again, maybe that's the bias talking. Maybe I'm just over optimistic. I don't know. Why can't they beat anybody not named Ohio state though? I don't understand why. I don't understand why. They were in it with Penn State a good bit last year. They beat Michigan. They beat Northwestern. Got stomped by OSU. Why can't they beat anybody not named Ohio State this year? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, MSU, they'll be like 7-5, and 6-6. Six and six. That's it? That's like the fucking cap for Michigan State? Wouldn't be surprised if this team wins eight games, nine games, dude. Wouldn't be shocked. Honestly, wouldn't be shocked. I cannot wait. As far as Michigan, I think they're probably same boat, like eight maybe nine on a good note, not the max that they, you know, it's not uh we're not getting the articles. This is Michigan's year <laughs> for the first time in Harbaugh's entire tenure. We're not getting the 10 reasons why Michigan will win the big 10 this year articles. Yeah, no shit because Ohio state exists. Um, I think Michigan will be fine now. I don't know. It's, I, I feel for the Michigan fans out there. I feel just there. It feels like they're, kind of treading water. Like if you're Michigan, you've had the ups and the downs. 
It felt like kind of a downward trend here this year. They didn't win a game at home last year for the first time since like World War One. <laughs> Not great. Like you probably are expecting double-digit wins. You should be. I mean, you're Michigan, Jim Harbaugh's quote-unquote the Messiah. You should be expecting double-digit wins. But then when you look at the past few years, you look at the trajectory, you look at how freakish Ohio State is, it's like, ah. Eight, nine wins, like that's we'll settle for that. Feel for Michigan fans. I really do, because that's a it's a shitty place to be where you want more, you know you should be able to grasp more, but at the same time, you know you should be content with like eh, eight, nine, all right, fine. Right? Like Michigan, you win eight games, you win nine games, and you beat MSU or you beat Ohio State. Like that's that's a successful season. Like that still probably doesn't get you into the Big Ten championship. Maybe a New Year's six, but you're not winning the Big Ten with that. But still, you 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 should be satisfied with that. It's a tough spot because you shouldn't be, but you also should. It's like a rock in a hard place. I don't know. I mean, if they underachieve this year, if Michigan, if State beats you again, if you drop a game or two, you shouldn't. If they finish six wins, seven wins, then I think the Harbaugh leaving conversation becomes very real. I know every offseason we get it, oh, the Colts have been in contact with Jim Harbaugh. I know every year that shit happens, but I think if they underachieve this year, they win six, they win seven. Even if they win eight, they lose the Michigan State, they lose the Penn State, they lose the Ohio State. I think maybe that Harbaugh conversation actually kind of materializes. It's not just kids on Twitter running their mouths. It becomes like Ward Manuel and whoever else is in charge of appointing the football coach, they have a little closed door meeting and they're like, hey, like this guy, it's fucking, that was his, what, sixth year? This is Harbaugh's sixth or seventh year. And he's got nothing to show for it. <laughs> he has, he doesn't even have an Ohio State victory to show for it. Mm. I, I don't want to say it's time, but it's certainly time to have the conversation. It's tough because who else do you get? I know the whole conversation. He's the best guy you'll get. He recruits really well. Like, it'll come, it'll come, it'll come. It's seven years, man. Like, how much time are you going to try to buy for the guy? How long are you cool with winning eight games, winning nine games, losing to Ohio State, and not having a chance at the Big Ten, right? Like, Northwestern's been to Indy. Penn State's won one. MSU's won. Ohio State's won a ton of them. Wisconsin's been, like – it's everybody but you, Michigan. It's teams that shouldn't be there if you haven't been, right? Like Northwestern shouldn't be winning a Big Ten championship before Michigan with Harbaugh or at least appearing in one, right? Like that, Wisconsin shouldn't be there before Michigan's Harbaugh. You know what I'm saying? I know the division stacked. I know Ohio State's an NFL team. Like MSU plays them too. I get it. But like MSU figured out a way. Penn State figured out a way at some point. Like it's either you're fine with eight, nine wins forever. Maybe one year you'll get lucky or something will change and you'll win. Or it's like, all right, seven years you had your chance. Fucking it's clearly not working. Let's find someone else. Interesting season coming up for Michigan. I'm excited to see what happens to them. I hate Harbaugh personally. <laughs> um, so I hope they fail and he gets fired. I think it would be hilarious. Also just that narrative of, the day he was hired, it's like, how many national championships will Jim Harbaugh bring? <laughs> Doesn't even go to Indianapolis once. <laughs> oh, man. 
And just the fact alone that someone like me is sitting here clowning on Jim, Jim Harbaugh, like maybe that's a sign. All right, let's let's kick some tires on some other guys. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting season. I'm juiced for college football, though. All right, let's take a quick break. Let me sip some of this iced coffee, maybe a bit of water. I don't. might even hit the bathroom. And then we'll, when we come back, I'll talk about that little fucking loser, that bum, that coward, Jalen Green. And um, a little bit on the Lions preseason. All right. So quick break and we will get to that. All right. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll start on the positive note. We'll talk a little bit of Lions preseason. The Fellers. Fellers started it off against Buffalo. Was it Thursday or Friday? Um, only played two drives. The starters only played two drives. I, for some reason, decided to watch those two drives. Um, I thought, oh, this will be fun. Like, let's watch the offensive line dominate. Let's watch these guys push people around. Let's watch Penny Sewell, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow. Let's watch them just dominate for a couple drives. Make me feel good. Make me feel better about all that shit I've been saying on here. Oh, everyone's going to say the Lions, they're going to be bad, but I don't know. When you can run the ball, how can you be that bad? Oh, let's prove myself right. Let me make myself feel better about it by watching the Lions starters tonight. The first drive of that game, if anybody, if you're listening and you watched it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The first drive of that game to start the Dan Campbell era, to to, to start the Jared Goff, the Penny Sewell era, the first drive of that game quite literally could not have gone any worse. It was they, – they were the most dysfunctional three plays I've seen in my entire life. First play. First play. Jared Goff dropped back. Throws a little quick out to the tight end. All right, fine. Catch him off guard. Everybody in the, you know, in the world is expecting you to run it. All right, quick pass. Fine. Get Jared Goff's feet wet. Eliminate the nerves. Um, threw it directly to a linebacker. Like the guy he threw it to – I can't remember which tight end it was he was targeting – he could not have been more covered. The, the linebacker, okay, he read it immediately, was standing almost directly in front of the tight end. Jared Goff gave it a pat, said, fuck it, threw it anyway. I, <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been kind of a defender of Jared Goff. I've been on his side as far as, like, the people ripping on him. I don't understand the point of that. Like, why would you, why are you just out? What do, What good does that do anybody to just, be negative about this dude before he's even played it down. I've kind of been with Goff. He's been to a Super Bowl. He was the first overall pick. Like the all those Rams teams, the entire time he was there were always good. I know their team was good. I know they have Aaron Donald. I get that McVay, whatever. To some extent, to some extent, Jared Goff, like that's got to mean something for Jared Goff. You can't have a bum as a QB and be a good team for whatever, like five years in a row, however long he was there. You, it's just not possible. Maybe you'll have a fluke year. Maybe the defense carries you once. You're not going to be good four or five years straight if your quarterback's a bum. You're not going to go to the Super Bowl if your quarterback's a bum. I know Jared Goff isn't Aaron Rodgers. I get that. I know he's not Matt Stafford. I fucking know. I have eyeballs. I watch football. To say he's terrible or he's never going to have a chance to poo-poo him before he's even started is fucking ludicrous. The guy went to a Super Bowl, cut him some slack, being negative and shitting on him before it even starts. 
just the worst type of fan. I hate those people. I can't stand people do it with rookies too. It's like they have one bad game. Oh man, he's he's not good, dude. He's fucking eighteen and has played four minutes in the NBA. What do you? <laughs> let's relax for two seconds. That said, that said, that first throw by Jared Goff, I watched it and was like, oh my god. So he is terrible. Like it, I did the overreaction off the one play. It was the guy was so covered. The linebacker was maybe a yard off from being directly in front of the wideout. He was throwing it to terrible, incomplete. Fortunately, the guy's got brick hands, incomplete pass. Next play. All right, let's get to the ground game. Got this beefy O line. We just, <laughs> I love this tagline for Penne. We just drafted a quote unquote surefire Hall of Famer. Let's run the ball. All you got to do, Jared, you snap it, you turn around, give it to that guy behind you. He'll do the rest, right? Easy. You get free four yards. Easy. Turn around, hand it off. That's all you got to do. Sure. Do that. Um, Stuffed. Almost felt where it looked like uh, nobody on the offensive line blocked. Like the play call was, all right, we're going to run a halfback dive, but here's the catch. You guys don't block anyone. Like the entire defense, it seemed, was in the backfield. Loss of two. Okay, third down and 12. So to recap real quick, first play near interception, should have been interception, directly to the linebacker. Okay, not great. Second play, let's use this beef. Let's use this O-line we've assembled, the strength of this team, and certainly the strength of this offense. Loss of two, nobody blocks. All right, not great. Third down and 12. Drop back to pass. We have to. Goff, let's see it. We need you to pick it up. Drop back to pass. The right tackle, Vitae, gets just swimmed into next Tuesday. Like he didn't, like it's like he never has seen a swim move before. He was unprepared. He didn't know that the defender was allowed to like shed a block almost. Just gets embarrassed, really, in the middle. His guy comes free right at Goff. Sewell's guy gets around him a bit. Goff. Goes to run around Sewell to get away from the middle pressure. Runs directly into Sewell's man. Sack, fourth down and like a thousand punt. Worst drive I've seen in my entire life. After that opening drive, it was... <laughs> I debated turning the game off, one. Two, I was like, wow. Wow, home opener. Start of the new the new coach, new quarterback. So much new so many guys making a first impression. They couldn't possibly, even though it's the preseason and it is the first of the preseason and it doesn't matter and who gives a shit, everyone's getting back up to speed. They couldn't possibly put together that bad of an opening drive. They couldn't possibly do that with how many first impressions and how much under the microscope it was going to be. They couldn't fucking possibly. And by golly, they did. That was not good. The defense on the first drive, Buffalo moved the ball. Josh Allen never played. Thank God. Otherwise, they probably would have scored. <laughs> Trubisky was okay. He had a third down throw that was just biscuits. Trubisky's not a surprise there. Although a little bit surprising considering as a bear, he absolutely shredded the Lions. Defense gave up a field goal. Back to the Lions. I will say this. Even though the first drive was an absolute just joke, Really just a joke. The second drive looked very good. The second drive, the offensive line figured it out. They seemed as though they were interested in playing suddenly. Um, they were protecting Goff. I think Goff, I don't think at least 
in that second drive. I don't know about the rest of the game because, like I said, the starters only played those two. And I, I stopped watching once the stutters left. I don't fucking care about the backups. It was Friday, too. I'm not going to, you know. Goff didn't get touched. He was never hurried, never hit in that second drive. It was a long drive, too. They came away with a field goal, but I think they started at their own 25, drove it down to Buffalo's maybe 10, 15-yard line. It was a good drive. Ran a lot of plays, picked up a few first downs. Um, Goff made some nice throws. Amon Ross St. Brown looked pretty sharp, actually. Ran some nice routes, made some nice plays. The O-line was better on the second drive. Like I said, golf was clean. They ran the ball a little bit. They were moving some guys. It was much, 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 much more reassuring the second drive. I will say this, though. Even though it was two drives, very small sample size, far too small to judge off of, I still think the it's if the Lions are going to have any success this year, and by any success, I mean, like, I don't know, win six games, <laughs> win six games. The offensive line is going to have to just be better than the defensive line. And I'm not saying the Detroit offensive line and Detroit defense. The Detroit offensive line is going to be is going to have to be better than the other team's defensive line. They're going to have to decide, hey, we're going to run the ball and we're going to get five yards and there's nothing you can do about it. They're going to have to be able to say on third and long, okay, Jared, go back, pass, find your guys. You're, no one's going to touch you. Don't worry about it. If they're going to find any success this year, it's it's going to start and end up front. Those guys are going to have to protect golf. They're going to have to control the line and, and open up holes for the run game. Otherwise, it's fucked. Jared Goff's not a guy. If you saw that first drive, the sack he took, I don't think anyone touched him. One dude put like his hand on him, and he just crumbled to the ground like a wet stack of paper. It's not – Jared Goff's not going to like be explosive. Jared Goff's not going to peel away from three guys, roll out, and launch a bomb. Jared Goff's going to stand there if there's a pocket and throw it 10 yards and maybe complete it. That's like the game he plays. He's not Russell Wilson. If they can't protect him, it's fucked. If they can't run the ball, probably fucked as well. So, I don't know. I mean, the second drive was reassuring. The defense was fine. The defense, I positives, the defense was improved from Patricia's defense. That's a positive. That fucking bum. Trubisky would have had three touchdowns in the three drives he played if that was Patricia's defense. So the defense improved. The offense, though, that O-line, that O-line is it's the key. That's what I was watching. I thought Sewell did a good job. Obviously, the commentators were crediting the first sack on the first drive to him, even though it was completely Vitae's fault. I was actually kind of shocked at the lack of knowledge that was on display from NFL professional, like paid announcers. I was shocked at how dumb they were being. Sewell, outside of that, even which like his guy didn't fuck up the play, he still did a fine job. Sewell was good. Um, He never got beat. He was fine. He had a pancake on a run play. Like he was fine. It was fun to watch the boys get out there. Fun to see Dan Campbell coaching. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's the preseason again. It's not I wasn't like getting up for it. I'm not yelling at my TV. I'm not even close to regular season form, but it was fun to watch football. It's fun to watch Sewell. It was fun to watch Okuda in the two, three. It's fun to watch the Lions. It was a good game. Um, last but not least, that absolute clown from Houston. 
Jalen Green will not shut the fuck up about Detroit and the Pistons. He will not shut his mouth. I blogged about it today. I don't know. I honestly don't know who I feel worse for. First of all, first things first, there are going to be people out there that are like, oh, he's just a kid. He's a 19-year-old kid. You're going to, like, trash him and wish ill will on him? Dude, the moment – I don't care who you are. The moment you come out and just ignorantly talk shit about Detroit for seemingly no reason. What was De- What's Jalen Green's experiment in, or experience in Detroit, Ben? He flew into Romulus drove to the wherever they took him the pistons practice facility troy weaver said oof you're not now fuck get the fuck out of here we'll take you right back to the airport and went home like he what he was in detroit for maybe 24 hours maybe 24 hours they didn't take his sorry ass to a tigers game (laughs) they didn't take his bum ass to comerica nobody at comerica was chanting we want jalen green fuck no they weren't his experience all right get off the plane go shoot some hoops confirm Troy Weaver's suspicions that you're a clown and he doesn't want you and hop back on the next plane to Fresno, you fucking bum. That guy's going to start talking shit about Detroit. Oh, yeah. There's actually not that much to do. I'd probably be in my apartment in the gym. Dude, shut up, Jalen Green. You don't even know. Like, what? What, Jalen Green? Did you do anything? Or did you get off the plane practice for the Pistons and go home. What, did you have a day where you were like, oh man, I want to go out to eat or I want to go to a bar or I want to do this. Oh, but they, I can't find a single thing to do in Detroit. Oh my God. Did you really have a day of that Jalen Green? No, you didn't. You fucking liar. I don't care how young he is. I don't care. Oh, his career's just starting like ill will, dude. I don't care who you are. You talk shit about Detroit, especially, 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 especially when you're ignorant about it and you've spent maybe 24 hours here. Like, who knows if he was even in the city? Who knows if he was in the city? And you're going to just talk shit about it? I hate you forever. I hope Jalen Green has the worst NBA career ever recorded. People thought Anthony Bennett was bad. People thought Darko was bad. Shout out, Darko. I hope Jalen Green has the worst NBA career ever recorded. I hope he's out of the league before 2023. He's crying right now. He's whining. He's bitching about how Cade went first overall. Oh, and he's disrespected. He was overlooked. I can't imagine. I hope he's whining in a year about how there's a fry cook ahead of him at the McDonald's, about how he's third in line for the managerial position. I hope he's out of the league before the year ends. I fucking hate this guy. Honestly, I don't care. I fucking hate this guy now. He's my mortal enemy as far as the NBA is concerned. I don't know how many mortal enemies I have, but as it stands today in the four sports, I'm trying to think in the four sports, I think Jalen Green is my most hated player. Was Aaron Rodgers? Jalen Green, congrats, brother. I fucking hate you. And so does the rest of Detroit. Congrats. I hope Houston has to play in Detroit this year. I, I, I don't want to say dump drinks on him. Don't do that shit. But I hope he gets just booed. I hope he gets booed beyond control. I hope every time he touches the ball, he can't hear anything except boos. I hope he wakes up in cold sweats thinking about how hard the fans in Detroit booed him. I hope he regrets every day for the rest of the, his life the comments he made about Detroit. I hate Jalen Green. There it is. He's a fucking coward. Not to mention he's delusional, he's spineless, he's an absolute jackass. 
I don't know how Houston fans like him either. I'd love to elaborate, and I will. I don't know how Houston fans like the guy either. He's a fucking clown. Why? I don't know how anyone would want him on his team. It's funny that this whole time, what was the draft, like three weeks ago now, something like that, this entire time since the draft, all that fucking guy's been able to talk about is how he thought he should have gone one how he wanted to live in Detroit. Oh, Detroit this, Detroit that. Oh, but actually I hate Detroit. I wanted to go on, but I hate Detroit, even though I just said I really want to live in Detroit. Oh, I would have sucked Troy Weaver's dick to wear the red, white, and blue. But, oh, wait, no, I was just lying. (laughs) The guy for the last three weeks, I haven't heard him say one thing about Houston, (laughs) which is hilarious to me. He, He hates Detroit. He can't stand Detroit. He'd never live there. But it's the only thing he seems to ever think about. Um, guy's been a Houston Rocket for three weeks. He's the future of their franchise. He's the cornerstone piece for them. Sorry to hear that, Houston fans. Hasn't talked about Houston once, at least not that I've heard. Has doesn't even like realize that he's with Houston, as far as I know. Not to mention, he's all butthurt. Oh, he's ragging on Detroit because they passed on him, this and that. Uh, doesn't seem to understand that Houston, as a matter of fact was doing everything in their power to not take him also. (laughs) Hey, Jalen. Hey, Jalen. They didn't want you either, you fucking idiot. They didn't want you either. Guy doesn't seem to realize that. I don't know if he's just dumb, probably. Um, I don't know if he's delusional. I don't know what it is, but uh, doesn't seem to realize Houston also didn't want him. Doesn't talk about Houston, obsessed with Detroit. And it's funny, Troy Weaver, after taking Cade, and oh, so what, you know, what, Troy, what made you realize Cade was the guy in Detroit? Cade's who you had to go with, number one. And Troy Weaver talks about, oh, he's a mature guy. He, he's all about basketball. He wants to be great. He's sophisticated. He's a great leader. He plays above his age. All this stuff about just maturity and how poised and head on his shoulders Kate is. And it couldn't it couldn't be further from the truth for Jalen Green. It's so funny, the irony in all of this, that while Jalen Green is crying and whining about how Detroit didn't take him, he just, every time he opens his stupid fucking mouth, proves Troy Weaver right. Oh, yeah, Jalen Green actually wasn't the guy at all. At all, he wasn't the guy, Troy. You couldn't have been more right, Troy. Yes. Yes. Kate is mature. Jalen Green's not. Kate is about the team and about winning. Jalen Green is not. Jalen Green is not. He hasn't talked about being excited to be in Houston. He hasn't talked about building anything. He hasn't talked about winning with those young guys. All things Kate has talked about. Jalen Green's talked about how he didn't go number one. He's talked about how he's pissed he went to. And he's talked about how Detroit, he loved it. And then now, wait, now actually he hates it. Oh, man. Oh man, that's the guy that you're, that's, that's your guy. That's the dude Houston fans are supposed to rally around. I don't know who I feel worse for between Jalen Green and Houston fans. On one hand, like I said, Jalen Green is an idiot, um, but he doesn't seem to realize that Houston also doesn't want him. I'd love to see him just start talking shit about Houston. Like he, he, puts one and one, not even two and two, just one and one together and realizes Houston wanted Cade just as bad as Detroit did. I can't wait till he figures that out and starts talking shit about Houston. Uh, I feel bad for him that he was, this guy was the second overall pick 
in the NBA draft. Like, I genuinely feel bad for him here. He was the second overall pick in the NBA draft. And instead of being excited to be the second overall pick in the NBA draft and be not a superstar right away, but be a big name in the league right away, become rich right away, become the face of a franchise right away. I've never been to Houston, but I'm sure it's a cool city. I feel like just every big city is. He hasn't talked about being excited to be in Houston. This guy was the number two pick. I genuinely feel bad. And the only thing he can talk or think or post an Instagram story about is how he's not the number one pick. Like, imagine being that salty. Comparison is the thief of joy, Jalen. Imagine being that salty. You were the number two pick in the NBA draft, and you're just a salty fucking loser for the next month. And God knows how long this is going to go on for. I actually feel bad. Like, this guy just can't be happy that he was the number two pick. (laughs) Bro, Luca Garza was the national player of the year. Ended up being the 52nd pick. Not one time have you heard him say, man, fuck that. I was the best player in college. I shouldn't have gone 52nd. Not one time. This guy was the national player of the year. 52nd overall pick. Not once have you heard him say, oh, man, I should have been drafted higher. Not a single time. Imagine how salty Jalen Green is. I honestly feel bad for the guy. And then, yeah, I feel bad that he's delusional and his brain doesn't work. He's saying he loves Detroit. He wants to be the number one pick. Oh, they didn't take him. Oh, oh, I didn't get invited to the party. Well, I didn't want to go anyway even though you already didn't get invited to the party, (laughs) Jalen. The party already happened. The party already happened, and now he's saying, oh, I didn't want to go anyway. Okay, great. You didn't get invited, and the party was last week. Great. Great, bro. You were never going to get invited anyway. He's pulling one of those like an absolute loser. But Houston fans, Houston fans, like I know how we feel as Detroit fans. There hasn't been this much optimism around the Pistons or a single player, certainly with the Pistons, like maybe in Detroit for a very long time. Like we haven't had a flagship guy, I guess Stafford, right? But even at the end with Stafford, it was kind of like this fucking organization just never going to win. We haven't had a flagship guy in Detroit, a guy where you really want to work for, root for him. Cade has been everything and more. We could have asked for as Detroit fans. He has been a flagship guy. He's been good on the court. He has been better off the court with the things he said, the way he carries himself. Like, I love that Cade Cunningham's a piston. He's been ideal. He's been the best thing we could have asked for. I wouldn't rather, I wouldn't have anyone else lead us into the new age of Pistons basketball. I feel bad for Houston fans. That's your guy. That's supposed to be your flagship guy, the dude who leads you into the new era of Houston basketball. That's the guy you spent the second overall pick on the guy that when he talks to the media, you want to hear him say, Oh man, I'm excited to be in Houston. I can't wait to work with these guys. I can't wait to live in the city. I can't wait to work with this organization. That's the guy. And all he talks about is Detroit. That's your guy. I feel bad for Houston fans, bro. I don't understand how Houston fans like this guy so much. You just spent the second overall pick on him. You just, your future is invested in him. A very large portion of portion of your future is invested with this kid. And all you, all he talks about is Detroit. Cade Cunningham doesn't give a fuck about Houston. K 
Cade Cunningham hasn't opened his mouth once about Houston or the Rockets or Jalen Green. All this dude talks about is Detroit. You just spent the second overall pick on him. He's the future of your franchise. All this guy talks about is Detroit. I don't, I feel bad for Houston fans, dude. If Cade came here and all he talked about was, man, I wish Houston would have traded up for me. Man, I really wanted Cleveland to make a move. Oh, my God. If Cade was here and all he was talking about were the cities that didn't take him, I'd be like, well, that, I don't love that. We just spent the first overall pick on this guy. We just pointed at him and said, hey, man, you're the future of the franchise. And all he's talking about is how he wishes Houston traded up for him or all he's talking about is how Cleveland didn't give offer enough to get him. I would not like that. That would be not only would I be like frustrated and angry, that would just be depressing. That would be depressing. Your first overall pick is just obsessed with other cities, obsessed with teams that he doesn't play for. Bro, Houston fans, how are they like so on board with Jalen Green? This dude's mind is dominated by Troy Weaver and the Detroit Pistons and Cade Cunningham. I feel bad for you. I haven't heard one quote where he talks about Houston. I haven't heard him say, I'm excited to be in Houston a single time since he's been drafted. That sucks, Houston fans. Like, it couldn't be more, and they're backing him up. They're like, oh, ha, ha, he's ripping on Detroit. They're with him. I Why? Why are you with this guy? You think that's a guy that's going to lead a team? This guy that three weeks later is still hung up on not getting taken by Detroit? A guy who three weeks later hasn't won been like, oh, man, I can't wait to lead Houston. A guy who three weeks later is still me, 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 me. Meanwhile, the entire time, all Cade is all the quotes you get from Cade are, "Man, I can't wait to to play with guys like Killian and Sadiq in real games. Man, I can't wait to just grow with these young guys. Man, I can't wait to lead this team and do great things." Meanwhile, Jalen Green, man, Detroit should have taken me. Man, I didn't even like Detroit. Like compare and contrast them too. I feel bad for Houston fans. No, he doesn't need to be Cade. Cade seems like a little bit of an anomaly just in terms of how mature he is and how unreal of a leader he's going to be and already kind of seems to be. He doesn't need to be Cade, Jalen Green, but he, I mean, at least like fucking mention Houston once in a while. Like at least be a normal dude. This guy has some weird obsession with the Detroit Pistons. It's wild. You just got the second overall pick used on you. And all you can talk about is Detroit? Poor fans, man. What's that like? What's that like seeing that guy? Seeing the dude you just used the second overall pick not be able to stop talking about Detroit? What's that like? I feel bad for Houston fans. Jalen Green's a bum, though. Um, It's a real shame that he decided to make everybody in Detroit hate him. I guess, I don't know, maybe he'll sell more jerseys in Houston because of it. Maybe they'll sell more tickets when the Pistons and Rockets play. I don't really know what the strategy is behind that for him, but it's a shame. Like, I, they played that summer league game. I thought the rivalry was cool. I don't mind, like, the day it happens. Like, that first quote when Jalen Green's like, man, I, I thought I should have gone number one. I don't mind that. All right, fine. Like, I yeah, I respect that. Like, he's got confidence. He thought he should have gone one. Fair enough. But then, like, two weeks later, you're still talking about it, and now you're fucking – getting disrespectful about a place you spent 24 hours in okay you can go fuck yourself i won't be shedding any tears when he tears an acl i mean 
Sorry. Fucking said it, though. You know? Just didn't need to do it, Jalen Green. Feel bad for Houston fans, man. Your franchise player can't stop talking about Detroit. That's got to be... Oh, that's got to be a bummer. Like, I like hearing Cade talk about Detroit. I like hearing Cade talk about the teammates and how he wants to win here. I like that. That's exactly what I want him to say. When the light, when Spencer Torkelson comes to Detroit, I want to hear him say the same things. I don't want to hear Spencer Torkelson talk about, oh, I wish the Red Sox would have traded for me. I want him to say, man, Detroit's a great city. I want to win here. That's what I want to hear. Houston fans really want to hear their number two overall pick constantly talk about Detroit is that it that's really like what you're looking for in those pressers Ugh, feel bad for you Jalen Green you're a bum coward hilarious this guy this guy actually would have sucked Troy Weaver's dick three weeks ago to go to Detroit and now oh man there's nothing to do there even though spent 18 hours in the city got I told they told me to go home after they met me because they knew I was a loser yeah there's nothing to do there though Fucking bum. Hope he's out of the league in a year. Hope he's serving fries at McDonald's, crying about not being the manager there instead of the first overall pick. Just the way it is. He's mortal enemy number one. All right. That's all I got today, folks. That's all I got. Like I said, if if I catch or if Miggy hits 500 or if I just can't help myself but talk about the atmosphere at Comerica tonight, I will come back on for another five or ten minutes. But If he doesn't hit the home run, I probably won't. Either way, appreciate everybody listening. As always, like I said, new podcast helps the algorithm. Please rate it five stars. Please review it on Instagram. Spread the word. Share it. It helps the the App Store algorithm um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So please, please, please do that. Appreciate the support. Appreciate everyone who listens per usual. Uh, Go Miggy. Go Tigers. Jalen Green, you can suck my balls. And we will be back next week.